Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. In today's episode, we are going to explore the underrated classic from Blue Oyster Cult, Burning for You. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we are wow. going to. Yeah, see, you didn't see that coming now, did you? See, I got to keep you on your toes all the time. No, today, uh, this one's going to be called Keep It Burning. And it's uh, it's really really interesting, and it's it's one of the most fascinating topics for me uh, as it pertains to the tabernacle. But I'm going to let our our guest uh, segue into that today. And leading that study is the senior minister of Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. Forgive my heathen rock uh, influence <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. And off topic for a second, that song though popular is terrible. The cowbell alone in that is on the soundtrack to the elevator to hell that tonk 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 is that right oh i cannot stand the cowbell see you're a percussionist so you i am oh my gosh i'm burning i'm burning for you see i'm a heathen too i guess (laughs) i'm so sorry oh wait no i was thinking of don't fear the reaper see i can't even keep it fear the reaper okay so terrible yeah yeah straight from hell the cowbell never meant to come out of the field but here we are. Randy, it's okay. Hey, Randy, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. We're, you don't need to pray. It's all right. All right. Now, that might draw some uh, unappealing sponsors out of the woodwork, but uh, <laughs> stay, stay away. We're not interested. We don't want to wear your pins or anything else. That's but, right. Uh, but today, we're going to talk about Keep It Burning. So can you explain what that means and where you're going with that? Uh, okay, sure. No problem. Number one, thank you. If, I apologize if you hear me sniffling. I am still trying to fight a uh, sinus infection, so uh, I have been like this for several weeks, so I apologize, but I will be doing some sniffing. I'll try not to be so. Uh, Side note, essential oils, if you're listening, uh, I found your eucalyptus blend to be incredible (laughs) for dealing with sinus pain. So if you have any questions about that or any other essential oil, I would ask that you send me an email so we can chat about that. Absolutely. And we're okay. We're open for sponsorship. <laughs> we are. My wife get, would love that. As long as we get some free samples. Yeah, get a U-Haul full of eucalyptus. All right. Keep it burning. Sometimes, it, yeah, if that hits you in your nose, it may burn too hard. It but. definitely does. Well, all right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, keep it burning. The scriptural text is found in two different places, and it's found in Leviticus 24. Verses two through five. Now, again, I love context. So this is with regards to what God was telling Moses um, on what to do when they actually would make the tabernacle in the wilderness and how when, if you recall, when the Israelites were moving towards the promised land, God gave Moses the designs for the tabernacle. And he gave them all sorts of uh, instructions on how to travel and and who could do what, the priest and the high priest and the the high, the holy place and the holiest of holies. And, and the furnishings and the trappings, the layout, yes, all and, very specific. And you said it. It's very fascinating. It is. Um, it's incredible. I, and if you don't know about the tabernacle specifically, it, this is not like a two-person Coleman out on your fishing weekend. Right. This thing is massive. Right. And I... and. I'm telling you, I can go back to many direction or many years when I was a kid, and my pastor would go into. I'm talking six months studies on the tabernacle, and still it'd be so rife with uh, a lot of typology. It is. It is. So, it's, it's amazing. One of the deeper parts of scripture for typology. Yes, and it's yeah. it's amazing. But 
I want to focus on just one part of it. There were furniture, as you mentioned, uh, in the uh, holy place and, of course, the holiest of holies, and one of which was about the uh, the candlestick and what that represented. The candlestick is something that needed to be burning uh, perpetually. Let me, let me read. Leviticus chapter 24, verses 2, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil, olive, beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually without the veil of the testimony, talking about the, uh, the, the holy place. In the tabernacle of the congregation shall Aaron, the first high priest, order it from the evening unto the morning before the Lord Notice this word, continually, Mm -hmm. it shall be a statute forever in your generations. He shall order the lamps upon the pure candlestick before the Lord continually. So there it is. That's one of the instructions with regards to the candlestick that the high priest was supposed to do. It's part of his daily uh, uh, schedule. He had to keep that lamp burning. Fast forward to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3. The high priest at this moment during Israel's fall, one of their falls, mm-hmm. they, Israel at this moment, and I say Israel, they were, they were just newly formed and, and had, they came and I newly formed. They were within, I think, less than 100 years old at this point. They weren't actually a nation, but they were in that area, Canaan, quote-unquote. And they had the lamp, or rather the the tabernacle set up. And the man that was the high priest, his name was Eli. And Eli was not a holy man. He he slipped a lot of things. Here's one of the things that causes... Us that tells us a lot about Eli, okay? And I want to read this. First Samuel chapter 3 and 3. <clears throat> and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Now Samuel wasn't the, he, the high priest. The man's name was Eli, E-L-I. And Eli, you can see from, from Leviticus to now, the lamp had been burning always to cause light in the dark place. Sure. All right, it was the sole light source in the holy place. So obviously, you can see when the priest would go in the holy place every day to cover sin. Part of that process of covering sin, they needed the light to help them perform their daily routine with regards to sin and the sacrifice that the people brought, etc. Sure. Easily enough, when the light, the lamp is out, you can't see, you can't perform, you can't cover sin, you can't do all of that. So the light was important, just like it is today. Mm-hmm. We don't walk around in our homes at sure. pitch black night. You don't drive all the on the time. interstate with your lights off. None of the, you need. Yeah. We need light, and in Absolutely. this case, not only is it a natural, but it is a spiritual application as well. It was indicative that the high priest at this time had stopped doing what he was supposed to do. He had stopped the process of covering through sacrifice and the shed blood and bringing it in and lighting that 
making sure that that candlestick lit, it had went out. So the title of what we're talking about, so there's the context. The yeah. title of what we're talking about is that we need to keep it burning. All right? Number one, the lamp was important for light. And to us, the New Testament believer, the lamp, the light, is the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so what we need to do, here's the application. Number one, for you out there that are listening, and if you do not have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God residing in your life. It is God. And according according to Acts chapter 2, verses 38, well, actually through 41, 42, you can see all of that. But what we know in Acts chapter 2, the beginning, the birth of the church, the actions of the apostles, we know that we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, obviously also baptized in Jesus' name. But life happens. <laughs> we, we that have the Holy Ghost, sometimes the lamp does go out or the light is dim. Fading. Yeah. Fading. As they backslide. And when the light is less in us spiritually, when the light is less, things happen. Accidents happen. We stub our toe. We flip over the ottoman. We crash into walls that we know should be there and that that are important. Now, please see the application. This is not hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, stumbling around, dropping your totinos. Spiritually <laughs> speaking, we need to have our light burning because if we don't, spiritual accidents happen. Yeah. And sometimes when that happens, sin Sometimes we may not make it back. Sometimes we can't recover. No matter how much repentance that we repent of, we can be forgiven, but the accident, the damage is done. So what we're talking about, we need to keep the lamp of God burning in us and and always a forever kind of practice. So... You know, we, we talk a lot about an infilling of the Holy Ghost. Yes. And we talk about being spirit-led and have the Spirit of God reside in you. Uh-huh. What do you say to, because there are some splits as to what that looks like denominally. You know, sure. I we started our journey in a church that rarely preached the Holy Ghost, one. Sure. Um, and I've been witness to some baptisms where they say, Hey, when you come up out of this water, you're gonna your whole life's gonna be different. You're gonna have the Holy Ghost, and you're gonna. I mean, yeah. How do you how do you reconcile some of that? That's a great question. Light is is a lot of things. People, when people pass, they they have poets have said this that their natural light abated. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the poem I'm thinking of off the top of my head, but. The people's light, you know, when they're not there, you know, as they get older. And unfortunately, when people are sure. suffering from things like Alzheimer's, you can look at their eyes and you they're looking. You can definitely see it. But they're not seeing. Yeah. You know, you can hear. Uh, your your ears are receiving, but it's not hearing, you know. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Walking around in life, you could be alive, but you may not have light. You may not have life. That's what we're talking about. There is a thing, and you asked a question, to that person that, that 
doesn't believe like we do denominally, we can apply this to them too. Because the goal is, if we believe that light is the opposite of darkness, which it is, there's no other definition. Darkness is strictly just the absence of light. Of light, exactly. What light is, is the, uh, the spiritual application is the attention and the reach for good. So for that person that doesn't believe like we do as far as Holy Ghost and et cetera, keeping it burning to them can be making sure you believe what you believe. Now, I don't want to be ugly, but really, we're not just talking about a Holy Ghost. Believing what you, knowing what you believe, you can believe wrong. So to them, we're telling them, you just need to keep doing what's right. That's the light, in other words, if that makes any sense. I, I could really go down a lot of avenues and talk about that, but for for somebody that is looking for what we're talking about, looking for light, they have to shun the darkness. They have to run towards the light, Caroline. <laughs> uh, what a, this is a messed up podcast already, I'm just telling you. Brought to you by IMDb, <laughs> the Internet's home for... <laughs> but, I mean, the... As Christians, we're talking to believers, hopefully that you're listening. And if you're not a believer, then hopefully in these podcasts that you hopefully will listen to, something will cause you to become a believer. Sure. But we're probably predominantly talking to believers. So we're talking to you as a believer, uh, listener, that as a believer, you understand the concept of light scripturally and spiritually. Light is right. Light is God. The Bible says that he is going to be the, and it references that. We're going to go to the city of the light. He is. The lamb is the light. Heaven is light. Whereas hell will be dark. It'll be a pit. So light we understand. We have to keep that light burning, that desire to do right. That desire to want to go to heaven, that desire to continue on and convert and help and be a light to somebody. So all of this is is synonymous. So we're not just talking about Holy Ghost light, being on fire for God. Yes, 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 yes. But that's not the only application what we're talking about. My daughter, who we're teaching the importance of light, you know, Obviously, the importance of the Holy Ghost and, and all of that. And when she's older, we pray that God fills her as she yeah. becomes a seeker, right? But really, right now, we're teaching her concepts that are that are light-based. Sure. Kindness. Sharing. Uh, always being nice to people. She is very nice. <laughs> she's got a big heart. Thank you. Yes, yeah. her, that's her mother in her, but... Uh, it's these kinds of things that that that's what we're discussing. So keep the light burning. What what Eli did is that he got lazy in his his res- spiritual responsibility, and instead of cultivating this light that number one was his responsibility as high priest, he got lazy. He got again. There's that word apathetic. Yeah. He saw other things that were more important than doing what God wanted him to do, which is what we do. We can get so caught up in life. We can get so focused, and we can teach ourselves or uh, lie to ourselves, convince ourselves sure. that what we're doing is important, what really has no eternal value, ha- adds no no light to the, 
the process. Does that make sense? Well, and you're not saying that I you don't you should always live your life fixated on the eternal, but it's difficult to have every decision you make be eternity focused. Certainly. You know, what I get up in the morning and what I choose for breakfast, it's important. Right. I, I need to do that. Yeah. But salvation's not on the line if I have scrambled eggs or a bagel. Right. So True. And you know, light light destroys the darkness. Light yes. doesn't just like turn things on and lo- it destroys mm-hmm. the darkness. The second go we're we're in your there's portions of your home that they're they're dark. Right. <laughs> they're dark. Sure. But the second that light switches on, that darkness is destroyed and it retreats back to the corners mm-hmm. and it cowers to the edges yes. because it cannot stand. So if you're at a point in your life where you're feeling like things aren't going right and you're beset on all sides and these these bad things just keep happening to you, then clearly you need more light in right. your life. Yes. And so the application here is that you you need to have a spirit-filled life. Yes. And I'll tell you, in my own life, it's not that getting an infilling of the Holy Ghost magically just makes everything better. That's right. It makes a lot of things better because it changes my perspective. Right. But it's not a it's not a magic wand. God is right. not a genie and right. he's not here granting wishes. But like so many things that God does, it causes a a perspective yeah. shift. And that that's the residual of of having the light. Yeah, and ultimately it's our choice. Yes. Yes. Do we flip on the light? Do we yeah. Do we flip on the light? You're and right. I tell you, and there's times when you're struggling with sin. It's that that's the decision point. Right. I'm either going to flip on the light and it's maybe I'm going to see some things, some things are going to be exposed that maybe I don't want exposed. Right. But if I stay in the dark, then then it might become an eternity issue. It might become a salvational issue. Right. That's exactly right. So uh, with that said, you the concept and and our our subject matter is easy to to receive today. Sure, I think so. What happened for Eli? If I could just continue on, what happened to Eli? The he had two sons. They were high priests in in training. Now Samuel, without going to the the, the long story, Samuel was a child that was, according to Hannah, she was a barren, or this is a woman that sure. was seeking God to give her children. Give her a male child in particular. And in her prayer, she was praying. She said, God, if you give me a male child, I will give him back to I'll you. Dedicate his life. Yeah. Right. In fact, Eli, the Bible says that he was watching her pray, misconstrued her her <laughs> passion in her prayer, and thought that she was drunk, and marked her mouth. In other words, he smacked her in the mouth. And he said, You know, in other words, you don't need to be doing this and this in here. And he was looking at this spiritual happening through earthly eyes. Yep. So that told that tells us what spiritual condition that Eli was in. And it all starts because he didn't keep that lamp burning. Mm-hmm. And he discerned what Hannah was. She was connected to God at that moment. And this high priest who should have been, instead of sitting on a chair watching her pray, he should have been down there with her. Yeah, praying with her. Praying with her and yeah. alongside because she saw a desperate woman wanting to be a mother. But he discerned it through natu- natural eyes and marked her mouth. And she said, not so, Lord. It's nothing like that. In other words, and again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm seeking God for for man child, and God was faithful. 
As always. God gave her a son. She named him Samuel, and she was consistent. Even though it hurt her, she gave him back. Not gave, you know, that's a loose word. But she loaned him back (laughs) to be trained to be a priest under the house of Eli. To be a servant. Right, to be a servant, to serve so that he could learn to be a a priest and maybe a high priest. Mm -hmm. But Eli's house was corrupt. He had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Terrible. Who the Bible says that they did things like lay with the temple prostitutes, and these were bad fellas. These clowns took the ark out to battle. All right, so that's where I'm going with that. That's exactly right. And we know, so so to continue on with that, Samuel was in that house, and and we can talk about the call of Samuel, but that may make the podcast long and, and all that, but... But Eli, at that point, when Saul was, when Samuel had, not Saul, sorry, when Samuel began to grow and get just a little bit older, he was young, God was calling Samuel to be the replacement. And Eli, at this point in time, knew what was going on. He knew of his spiritual condition, and he never changed it. That's why Eli, what what a knucklehead. And the Bible says because of all the things that was happening, his sons, he never corrected them. He never did anything. When the time came when Israel was going out to battle, uh, they, Hophni and Phinehas, took the, the ark of God out, and they went out to fight to the Philistines. And while Eli was back home waiting for the news of what happened, how it goes it, he found out, heard that Hophni and Phinehas had been slain in battle. Killed. That didn't move him as much as he asked, where was the ark of God? Now, remember the ark of God above between the cherubims uh, on on top of the ark was where the presence of God was. So while they mishandled the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. They took it out to battle. They should not have ever done that, even though that was that was a heathen nation uh, ritual that took out their gods to battle. Yeah. God didn't need to do all that. He went. To, he said he would go before them, which he did in their traveling all the way up to that point and going into Canaan. So that was a wrong thing. They shouldn't have moved him, and they certainly weren't spiritually strong enough to know what the will of God was. So they took the presence of God out, and the Philistines took it. Well, they were trying to force the blessing, right? They were trying to force God's hand. Well, yes, yes. And because he went out, God's not going to lose. That means we're not going to lose. So we got things wrapped up. They tried to make God do what they wanted to do. There you go. Their will. And what happened? The Philistines wiped the floor with these guys, took the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, away from them. And the Bible says when Eli asked about what happened to the Ark, he fell over. They said, no, it's gone. He fell over backwards, broke his neck, and he died. Dead. Wasn't moved about his sons that were too far gone. Wasn't moved upon all the different things that that he could have done to right his personal spiritual ship to keep the lamp burning. No, when the presence of God i.e., all hope was gone. He fell backwards and he died. Do you think that, uh, you know, I've seen people who are so, like, in the mud, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they dig deeper 
to try to just get that one thing that that will finally pull him out. Yeah. You know, I wonder because he he would have did did he allow them to take the ark or did they take the ark without his knowledge? I don't I don't remember. It doesn't really say that I recall because I I feel like he would have to sign off on that. Well, yes and no, because. You're probably right, but you could not be because True. here's why. Hophni and Phineas did whatever they wanted to do anyways. Well, there is that. There is that. I just wondered if he was maybe in that. If I can just get this victory, that will erase all of my failures up to this point, and I'll be back to a place where where I'm good, and well, then and then I'll write my house, and I'll get this thing well, back on track. That's very good. That's very good. That's a great... I've never even thought of it that way. But I just don't know. Who knows? That's good. Yeah. But he still should have kept the fire burning. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It still goes back to that. No question. Or it was what we said, that maybe they just did it anyways. And then it goes back to, he still should have kept the fire burning. So what, what should you do? You got to keep the light burning. You got to. Mm-hmm. If he would have just re- went back to his first uh, uh, responsibilities, everything else would have took care of itself. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. Well, and with the Holy Ghost too, you know, it's there's been times since I've had an infilling that I've I felt really strong <laughs> with the Holy Ghost and really empowered, and other times when I I have felt that less. So right. it's uh it's my opinion. It's not like you're filled up and then God's like, hey man, you're good. I think, right. you know, one of the things I pray is to, to be filled and refilled, you know, with, with that, because yeah. I always, I want to be topped off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to be running where I'm, I'm running so hard that it's sloshing out the sides and it, it's, uh, right. it's sprinkling on my kids and stuff. It's every day. That's, and that's good. That's exactly yeah. right. It's an everyday thing. You don't eat one day a week. True. I mean, some people do. But normal people don't do that. Yeah, really sad people. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Really skinny, messed up, malnutrition. No, but 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 really, we're designed to eat every day. Yeah. Imagine you just fill up all day on Sunday, gorge yourself, and then you're like, well, "I'm not going to eat for the rest of the week." Well, it doesn't matter how much you eat. The next day, you're still going to be hungry. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much. So it's designed, it's a God thing. I could, well, right now, what did God tell them with regards to the manna? Yep. Only Gather take every today. day, yep. except for Sunday. On, on Saturday, the sixth day, gather twice. Because if you try to gather two times on a Tuesday, it's going to spoil. You'll have to do it again. Yep. So there it is. Yep. See, that's God, the process. That's the process. God loves order. That's yep. right. And that's right. And can consistency that's well, just another hallmark of the creator and the creation absolutely you know? right and it's, it runs everywhere that we go right well that is all the time that we have for this episode today i pray this was a blessing for you one time i do want to go back and talk about the finite pieces of the tabernacle because oh all yes. of that is so oh, yes. fascinating to me and i mean tens of thousands of people this was a, a service for so it's not again it's not a tiny tent out in the woods and a couple people are managing it no, this, right. this was an endeavor right uh, and there's a lot of questions that I have about that but I sure. will table those or or even better I will send those to POH content at gmail.com oh, and uh, maybe Randy can get you those and you can address those uh, oh, man, in the future sometimes so. he messes up quite a bit <laughs> you're on your way out of here Randy yeah 
So I hope that you'll join us as we continue to, to study God's word. You can find this in all, all of our episodes at pohpodcast.com, along with links to your favorite streaming platforms. And we're even on YouTube. So look for our Point of Hope podcast there. So if you have any questions, again, you know where to email those. And I'll just end this with thank you, Pastor, for leading us. And thank you all for listening.